0: Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Jason here. Uh, Glad to be with you as always. Uh, Let me give you a brief update on uh, future gatherings for our church. Um, As of today, we are still in conversation with Colorado Early Colleges. Our hope is to get back to Sunday mornings uh, sooner than later, it could be very soon. We're just working out uh, details there with them. Uh, So for now, uh, we will continue with the online um, services like this uh, weekly uh, with Sunday evening services um, at Antioch Church Front Lawn. That'll be happening uh, tonight. Uh, And so we'd love for you to come join us if you're comfortable. It's outdoors. There's plenty of room to spread out. So uh, when this changes, we'll make sure we'll let you know in lots of different ways. But be um, be expectant of uh, some communication, hopefully in the next week or so about future services. When we go back to Sunday morning services, we'll have lots of things to communicate about how that's going to go. Uh, Also know that when we do that, uh, we will uh, stop pre-recording these uh, services and we'll be live streaming those. And so that will be a good change for us, I think, going forward. And so uh, we're hopeful for that sooner than later again. Be praying for us as we continue those conversations. So uh, let's get into our message for uh, the morning. We really just have a couple of more weeks uh, in our Mark series, we started this series uh, last September and so uh, almost coming to a full year in the gospel of Mark and we're coming really to the end of the gospel. Uh, we'll be in Mark uh, 15 uh, today, so if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, Mark chapter 15, we'll be there in just a minute. I I grew up in a, a small, more traditional Uh, tradition, uh, the United Methodist Church, Gladeville United Methodist Church is the church that I grew up in, and uh, we used to sing a lot of hymns uh, in our church, and one that I remember uh, really well uh, goes like this, tell me the old, old story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. We're going to do a really a flyover today of five of the main scenes of the old, old story. And uh, in each scene that we look at, uh, there's going to be a couple of things that I'm going to point out. One is there's there's a focus on Jesus, specifically a Christological title of Jesus. And then in each scene Uh, there's also a response to Jesus, a response to that Christological title. Our goal today is this, um, to have a more uh, robust understanding, a a firmer theological foundation for who Jesus is, specifically uh, for who Jesus is as defined by the Holy Spirit. Scriptures. That's the first goal. The second goal is to invite you to consider in your own heart uh, what is your response to Jesus as revealed in the scriptures. I want you to make note of this. Uh, These are well known passages that we're going to be covering today, uh, well-known passages. Uh, But there, I believe, are always uh, new things to learn and to grow in and to be overwhelmed by as we come again to the old, old story of amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, And so my hope is that you will not allow your familiarity, perhaps, if you are familiar with these passages, to keep you from leaning in in a new, fresh way uh, today. Uh, here are the five scenes that we're going to cover today. The first is uh, really a recap of where we were last week, Jesus' arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. Second scene: Jesus is hearing before the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish court in Jerusalem. Third scene: Jesus' trial before Pilate, who was the Roman governor. Fourth scene today is Jesus' crucifixion. Fifth scene today: Jesus' death and burial. Again, in each of the scenes, a Christological title and a response of someone or some people to who Jesus is. Uh, Obviously, the sixth scene is the resurrection that will be in our um, message next week, and so that's where we're headed. Uh, Let me start by just uh, telling you uh, as a reminder a couple of things from what we looked at last week. Uh, Scene one, uh, Jesus's arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is this is the Christological title that we are given. It's in John 18. They come seeking Jesus, and they're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And so the Christological scene there is Jesus the Nazarene, to which Jesus says, I am he. If you remember when he speaks the words, I am he, they all fall back into the ground with the power that was coming from Jesus saying, I am He, Uh, let me read a a verse, Matthew 2, 23 uh, says, what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He, the Messiah, he shall be called a Nazarene. So the Christological title again is Jesus the Nazarene. This is the response, this is the response from last week. We have Judas who responded with, betrayal, betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And as you remember from last week's message, the other 11 disciples deserted Jesus and fled. The statement that we emphasize in last week's message was this, the Jesus that they wanted was not the Jesus that they were getting. They were offended by Jesus and they deserted and fled. So that's scene one, Garden of Gethsemane. Scene two for us today, Jesus is arrested in the garden and he's brought uh, under darkness into um, a trial, a hearing before the Sanhedrin, the highest of Jewish courts. Now, when you read these passages at the end of Mark 14, verses 53 to 72, I would encourage you to read those passages later. It's a mockery. It's a kangaroo trial court of Jesus. It was, a, it was a lynch mob. They had been plotting Jesus's murder for days now. The lynch mob, false witness after false witness says lies building on top of lies. In fact, uh, rabbinical law forbid nocturnal assembling of the Sanhedrin like this. They were assembling in darkness. It was against their own rabbinical laws. This is the Christological title that comes From this scene of Jesus being before the Sanhedrin is Jesus the Christ, or Jesus the Son of Man. Let me read uh, Mark 14, uh, verses 60 to 62. Again, Jesus before the Sanhedrin. Then the high priest stood up before them all and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? Again, the false testimony after false testimony. But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Verse 62, I am, said Jesus, and you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus answers the high priest and he says, I am the fulfillment of all of the messianic prophecies. I am Jesus the Christ. I am the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. That is a direct quote from Daniel chapter seven. And this was a huge statement that Jesus was making that I am coming on the clouds of heaven. He's saying to them, I have divine authority as God, and I have divine power. Now, if that's proven untrue, the statement that Jesus makes in verse 62, if that's proven untrue, that is a blasphemous statement, if proven untrue. But it is true, and Jesus is speaking what is true. I have divine authority. I have divine power. What's the response? Well, this passage Uh, we're not going to get into those verses today but it's the passage of Peter denying Jesus three times we talked a little bit about that last week uh, as well Uh, the response of Peter was this he was following Jesus at a distance following at a distance too afraid no courage denying Jesus three times as Jesus predicted that he would What was the response of the high priest? Uh, Outrage. Uh, He he went like the Hulk on it. He he like ripped his clothes as a a proof of his outrage. Uh, And his statement in his outrage was this, Jesus must die for his blasphemy. So scene 1, Jesus's arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. Scene 2, Jesus goes before the Sanhedrin. Scene 3, Jesus's trial before Pilate. Again, Pilate was the Roman governor over the region of Judea. Jewish leaders, the high priest and the Sanhedrin, Jewish leaders did not have the power to execute capital Punishment. They needed Rome to come in to go in cahoots with them to back, to back their murderous plot against, against Jesus. And so they sent Jesus to Pilate, who was the Roman governor, because they needed Rome's backing. Here's a Christological title of this scene. Are you the king of the Jews? To which Jesus says, yes, I, yes, I am. Christological title, Jesus, King of the Jews. Let me read Mark 15, verses 16 to 20. Again, Jesus before Pilate. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium. And they called together a whole company of soldiers and they put a purple robe on him and they twisted together a crown of thorns and they set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and they spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him, mocking him, insulting him. And, they, and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and they put his own clothes on him and they led him out to crucify him. Let me remind you, go all the way back with me to Jesus's birth, Chris, the first Christmas morning, the three wise men, the, the, the magi from the east. Do you remember the question that they came asking of Jesus when they were looking for Jesus? Here's the question they were asking, where is he that has been born? Do you remember king of the Jews, the Christological title, king of the Jews. And as king, Jesus came to be a suffering servant. This was last week's message. Again, not a military leader that was leading a revolution, but a suffering servant. And in his humanity, in the full humanity of Jesus, Jesus's mission was to lay his life down as our Passover lamb. I want to remind you of something that Jesus told the disciples in John 10. He said, no one, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Why? Why will Jesus lay his life down of his own accord? Because the blood of Jesus was given for the forgiveness of sins for many, for atonement, substitutionary atonement. No one takes my life from me. Jesus made blind people see. Don't you think that he could make seeing people blind in a moment? Jesus made the lame walk. Do you not think that Jesus could make those Roman soldiers that were hitting him and flogging him, do you not think that he could make them lame in a moment? Of course he could. But the kingship of Jesus was to lay his life down as a suffering servant for the forgiveness of sins. What's the response? The response, Pilate asked the crowd. They asked the crowd, shall I crucify your king, king of the Jews? And their response was this, we have no king but Caesar. They're acknowledging that their king is Caesar, who, by the way, was an oppressive evil king over them. Their response was this, a bold and blatant, the Jewish people, a bold and blatant rejection of Jesus by his own people, which leads us to scene four, Jesus's crucifixion. The soldiers led him away to be crucified. Here's the Christological title in the next scene, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior, Christological title. Let me read Mark 15, uh, 29 to 33. Again, we're doing a flyover of the scenes today. We're not getting into every single thing that's happening to focus on the Christological titles and the response that people were bringing to him. Verse 29, Mark 15, those who passed by, Those who passed by that crossroad, it was a Roman thoroughfare, and the the Romans would crucify people on these thoroughfares so that people would see the crucifixion happening and think, I don't ever want that to happen to me. And so people, lots of people are coming by as Jesus is being crucified, and you know the story with two thieves on both sides. And those who passed by, they hurled insults at Jesus, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. Verse 31, in the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe and those who, Crucified with him, also heaped insults on him. His mission, his mission wasn't to save himself. The mission of Jesus was not to save himself. His mission was to save the world. His mission was to save you. His mission was to save me. How? By laying his life down for us. John three seventeen. We know John three sixteen. John 3, 17, let me bring this to mind. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus, the savior who died on the cross for us. Jesus is the savior. The response of people was this. Uh, we, We will tell you who to be. Come down off that cross, you who say, "I will rebuild the temple in three days they're, 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 The response of the people was, We will tell you who to be Jesus. The chief priests mocking him it's it's this response: my demands of Jesus is greater than faith in Jesus. Trust in, trust in Jesus, humility and submission to Jesus. My demands of who Jesus is to be is greater than my trust in who Jesus says he is and who the scriptures have revealed him to be. Fifth scene, Jesus's death and burial. Here's the Christological title in the next scene. It was spoken from the Roman soldier Jesus' darkness had come on the land, verse 33, the sixth hour, darkness, this is 12 o'clock, sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, which was three o'clock, and Jesus gave up his spirit. And then through a Roman soldier in verse 39, and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard Jesus' cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. That's the Christological title in our fifth scene today. It was spoken through a pagan Roman soldier. Jesus is the divine Son of God. Um, A Messianic Psalm, a very popular, famous Messianic Psalm is Psalm chapter two. And we read about nations plotting against God and plotting against God's anointed. And then as you read Psalm two, God calls the anointed one, my son, Jesus, the son of God. All the way back, Mark one, chapter one, verse one. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the son of God. John 1, uh, John gives this testimony. I have seen and I have borne witness that Jesus is the son of God. Mark 1, verse 11, Jesus is at his baptism and the voice comes from heaven declaring over Jesus, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. What was the response? We read verses 40 and 41, Mark 15. Some women were watching from a distance and among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Mary the younger and and of Joseph and Salome. And in Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. They were there, they were there, they were facing it. They were facing the reality of Jesus atoning for the sins of the world by his death. They were there, they were facing it and they were trusting it. What's another response A man named Joseph of Arimathea, verses 42 to 31, it was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, and so as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead, but summoning the centurion, he asked if Jesus had already died. And when he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of a rock. And then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Again, Joseph of Arimathea Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, they were there. They were facing it and they were trusting it. That was their response. Five scenes, five Christological titles of who Jesus is, five different responses to Jesus. The story of Jesus demands a response. What is yours? What do you do? What do you do? I'm asking you this personal question. What do you do? What do you believe about Jesus as revealed in the scriptures? Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus is fully man. Scene two, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. Jesus is fully man. God. Scene three, Jesus, the King of the Jews, who came not to start a revolution as a military king, but a suffering servant dying on a cross in our place. Scene four, Jesus, the Savior, his blood and atonement for our sins, who saves us. Us by dying for us. Scene five Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the visible expression of the invisible God. What is your response? Do you doubt Him? Is the Jesus that you want not the Jesus that you are getting? And so you dis- 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 doubt Him or perhaps even desert Him? Do you follow Him at a distance? like Peter did? Do you feel outraged like the high priest did at Jesus' statements, I am the Christ? Do you feel outraged when Jesus says something like this? I am not a way, not a truth, not a life, but I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one, no one comes to the Father but only through me. Do you outright reject him like the Jews who crucified him, calling him a liar and a blasphemer? Do you place your demands of him of greater importance than submitting to him and trusting him and following him? Or do you show up, do you face it, and do you trust it? Face the person and the work of Jesus. Face it and trust it. What do you do? What do you do with Jesus? It's the most important question. You must answer. I must answer. That we must answer. I wanna read a passage, a few verses. John the apostle writes. 1 John chapter five, verses 11 to 13, he says, and this is the testimony, this is the testimony, this is the declaration of truth I am giving to you. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. This life is in Jesus the Nazarene, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the king of the Jews, Jesus the savior jesus the son of god verse 12 he who has the son he who has jesus has life for he does not have he who does not have the son of god does not have life verse 13 i write these things to you who believe in the name of jesus so that you may know that you have eternal life. I stand convinced. That doesn't mean that I never have any doubts, but I am learning and I have learned and I am learning to doubt my doubts and to believe my beliefs. And I will tell you as a testimony to anyone who is watching this, I stand convinced I have faced it I have faced my own sin that put Jesus on the cross in my place and I trust it. I trust in his work. I trust in his substitutionary atonement for the forgiveness of my sins and I trust in his resurrection, his work for me that has atoned for my sin, that saves me and that gives me hope for eternal life. I stand convinced. What is your response? To the old, old story. Tell me the story slowly that I may take it in. That wonderful redemption, God's remedy for sin. Tell me the story softly, with earnest tones and grave. Remember, I'm the sinner whom Jesus came to save. What do you do? With Jesus. It is the most important question that you must answer. Let's pray together. Lord, these these truths, these life giving truths, I proclaim over minds, hearts, lives. Lord, would you reveal your supernatural presence? Would you encourage people who know you and who walk with you and have faith in you? And Lord, for anyone who is listening, watching, Lord, I pray that they would believe the old, old story, that they would move from darkness to life, that they would receive the gift of death to life in Jesus, the Nazarene. In Jesus, the Christ, the King of the Jews, the Savior, the Son of God. He who has the Son has eternal life, but he who does not have, who does not believe and receive the person and the work of Jesus does not have life. This is what you have revealed to us in your holy word and I proclaim it in your name. Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving us, loving us. Thank you for giving us hope. It is an anchor for our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.